Yo, good morning, happy Friday. Welcome back to this week's episode of The Two Rowdy Vegans. In this episode, we have a heartfelt conversation between Renee and Jennifer. If you remember Jennifer, she's one of the Barretts. You can check out our episode, I think it's episode 7, How to Save 700 Chickens Per Year. But Jennifer used to be a chicken farmer. She's now vegan, and alongside the Rancher Advocacy Program, she is transitioning her business into a plant-based business. So that's absolutely incredible. It's an incredible story. So again, check out that podcast episode. But anyways, this is a conversation that was recorded over our last trip there uh, where plenty of people, plenty of experts in different fields from veganing agriculture to mushrooms um, to you know the Rancher Advocacy Program were there to discuss how we could actually go about this transition. And this conversation happened the last night we were there. It was just Renee and Jennifer, a very candid conversation, very heartfelt conversation that's going to reveal the backstory and the behind the scenes of what it's like being a farmer in America and what it's like when a farmer, actually two farmers, because, you know, as you know, Renee used to be the wife of a cattle rancher. She was a cattle rancher herself. What it's like for them to transition into a vegan life. So anyways, sit back, enjoy this conversation. Let's go. Two, two, two rowdy vegans. Two, two, two rowdy vegans. Two, two, two rowdy vegans. Two, two. Two rowdy vegans, two, two rowdy vegans, one plus one equals two rowdy vegans. The more vegan I am, I don't know what else to call it, but the more vegan I am, the more I want to be fully alive. Yes, fully human. Yeah, yeah. fully alive. I, I don't want to um, use food as a crutch anymore. I want to use it as a, you know, real fuel. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to feel that way. You don't live to eat, you eat to live. And you've inspired me that way, you know? Thank you. You have, you know. Um, you know, coming over here, the first time I came over here, I uh, wasn't prepared for you to be fully vegan. I don't think I've ever told you that. Really? No, I almost was thinking I was going to look in the refrigerator and see some chicken legs popping out or something. Really? <laughs> I swear to you! <laughs> It was, uh, you know, I mean, we were coming to your house. You, you know, I mean, it was, we were coming on a mission mm-hmm. to help you get hay. And I just wasn't sure that you were all the way vegan yet. Because at one point when I uh, talked to Sean Sue a couple of months before, mm-hmm. I don't think y'all had quit. You hadn't quit um, the chicken business yet. Right. When I talked to him. Right. Uh, and so I just, I don't know. I guess because we came over here in such a mad rush that I was kind of halfway looking around thinking, well, I wonder, I'm not sure. And then when I found out you were engine two diet <laughs> vegan, I was like, oh, my God. Jeez. <laughs> not a well, like, Renee, get on my level. I know. <laughs> get on my level. I was like, dang, former chicken farmer, you know, sending 100,000 chickens every 52 days to be processed. Um, That's and, why it was so hard because I had disconnected myself from it um, with my health. You know, I just, I was so far away from what I was doing. Like, I, the more I learned the truth, the more the lie was too much to bear. You know, it was, it just, the truth made the lie too much. I know you talk about that you would go into the chicken houses there at the end and you would be listening to Rich Roll or mm-hmm. who else did you listen to? 
Um, I listen to Rich Roll, Rob Bell. I listen to podcasts or anything that had. Um, I start. I would search like Kathy Preston, so I listened to any interview that she was in. Um, I would listen to a lot of Hay House stuff. Um, so it wasn't just about health; it was about spirituality too, and that's yeah. why I listened to um, Rob Bell. He helped me with a lot of that work, you know, the spiritual side of truth. Right. And um, so it wasn't just about my what I was eating or you were my physical to, health. Yeah. So found a new way to think. Yeah. And you know, Rob Bell's all about um, how to be human, how to be fully human. And so, so you did this in the chicken houses and. Yeah, I'm walking through the chicken houses, and I'm trying to remember the verbiage that Rob Bell used one time, but it was something about um, freedom and being set free. He had been doing this whole, you know, his podcast, and he talked about being liberated from slavery, liberated from oppression, and I was literally looking at a chicken that was... Um, broken down. It was one of those that I had, I couldn't kill the chickens. Rodney would call, but I, he would walk one half and I would walk the other. And then the next day we would switch because I couldn't call. I would just pick them up and put them in the bucket if they needed to get out of there. And I was literally picking up this broken, dying chicken to put it in a bucket when he was saying, you know, this, um, about liberation and uh, from oppression. And I was like, Wow. Yeah. That this is crazy. How palpable is that? <laughs> yeah, for me to be doing this. God, I remember a similar uh epiphanies when I was at the the ranch before we before I went vegan, you know, and it would be looking at the cows, I'd be feeding Rowdy Girl and I'd be looking at the cows and <laughs> I would be thinking, God, I eat these animals and you know, they love each other. They have families. They have communities. And I just, it, you know, all these things would go off and on in my brain, you know. It was almost as if it was a short circuit. Yeah. Like I would see this for a minute, and I would, like, go down this trail in my mind that I could go to just for a minute. But then I'd have to put on my big girl panties, mm-hmm. you know, and get out there and be married to a rancher, you know, that's what we did, you know, but even, man, in my mind, I was just, I struggled with it, Mm -hmm. I really struggled, I started struggling a lot, so I get that. What's the hardest, uh, I mean, I'm just curious, what the, right at the the end, you know, what was the hardest moment you had right there at the end before you finally said enough, that's it, no more? Well, rock bottom for me was last December, and we had just had a batch of chickens that was, it It happened, it just so happened that we got chickens on a, like, below freezing day, so we burned a lot of gas to keep them warm, and then we turned them out into the full house on a below freezing day. We spent $15,000 on gas that one batch. We didn't have What? Yeah. We didn't have anything left after that. So when we got a new batch of chickens, and it was cold, December, mud, money is just hemorrhaging. You can't, I mean, it was just like slipping through your fingers. And, uh, God, Rodney and I were sitting in the truck down at the chicken houses, just, it was gray and muddy and cold. And 
I was, we were getting ready to suit up. We had to suit up before we went in because you couldn't just, I, some people do walk, you know, they go in there without masks on, but we respirators. I always put stuff on my hair and we suited up before we went in. We were getting ready to do that. I was just at the, I couldn't live with it anymore. The thought of going in there was just too, it was crushing us. It was crushing my soul to have to do that work. And I just, we sat in the truck, like, what do we do? We don't, we, you know. So what, were you and Robbie talking about this? Oh, yeah. And so, I mean, to what, what was the conversations like? I mean, I'm just curious, I mean. Well, basically, it's hopeless. You don't, I mean, you're still stuck in it because of your debt. You know, you're dead at the bank. You can't, there's no way out. And, yeah. you know, we bantered back and forth about all kinds of ideas. You know, other things that we could try to do. Ivan um, was, like, ready to sell it. And to me, I've, I've always felt like I was in a relationship with this land. Like, a, almost like this holy marriage yeah. to this place, this farm. Like, I have, I have a responsibility. Right. And to... Uh, To be ready to leave it, to be that far, like, I, life can't just stay like this. And to be ready to just quit and leave. Rodney did, too, many times. You know, just like, wow. screw this. It's too much. It's too hard. Wow. And you just put so many years of work and money and work and money, and it just, it's not like getting, you just... Spinning your wheel. Yeah, and then, and then you if you want to raise, you got to go borrow more money. And, you know, it just, it never, you never get ahead. And then you're just surrounded by violence. Yes. And death, death and yeah, and just suffering. Suffering. I think the suffering was the hardest part because I never saw it. I I I was indifferent to that, to the suffering, until I started uh, eating the way that we eat now. Started eat, and feeling so good in my own head, in my own body, and having so much energy. You know, for a while I thought, you know, I could live with that. I thought I could be. You know, the vegan that just raises chickens. I know. When I I read your letter and you said I, and I read that, I was just like, man, when I read your letter, the one you sent to me, you sent Kathy or sent a bunch of people. You sent Mm -hmm. Kathy, you sent Rich Roll. Rob Bell, those three. Rob Bell. (laughs) And Kathy responded. Mm -hmm. And when I read that letter, I was like, Ryuji was there, Tommy was there, we were in this hotel, the three of us, you know, and <laughs> I opened this letter, I'm sitting on the edge of the bed, and I'm just like, I mean, my eyes were like bugged open, and I literally was bawling, sitting on the edge of my chair, and I was just like, y'all gotta listen to this! I mean, I was just like, didn't I? I mean, it was that way, I was just like... And I would read it, and every time I would get a sentence out, I was like, oh my God, my heart! I knew I had to meet you. I knew I had to come here. You know, and uh, it's been so weird because, um, you know, I told Tommy today, he was like, why don't we just go ahead and go, you know, we're done, and, you know, let let them have the house to themselves, and, you know, and I said, I want to just hang out with Jennifer, you know, I just want to hang out. You know, because my heart just really, I'm just like, I'm always on the edge of wanting to cry when I'm around you, but I feel like there's so much work to do. There is. You know, so I don't have time to 
Said, I, no, 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 no. Let me back up. <laughs> it's not about time. Right. I just don't give myself permission to stop and feel yeah. the connection you and I have. It's powerful. So. I know it. It's good. It is good. It's good that we're here, and it's good that we know each other now. I know, and I just wanted to, for whatever reason, even though I'm tired. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm really tired. My head hurts, and I told her, Eugene, I said, you know, I think I'd just like to, I think if it worked, you know, I'd just like to try to yeah. get it up, get a little bit on film, just yeah. so I could, if, if anything, just have the memory. This is so powerful, isn't it? Yep. I feel it. Rodney does. Yep. Do y'all feel it? I mean, it's just this powerful thing happening here. So I wanted to do it. Yeah. Sometimes when me and Jenny embrace, <clears throat> just the <clears throat> just the physical connection is is almost like it's a it's buzzing. Yeah. I mean, it's just like. It's like the inside of your soul is vibrating. No. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. We think there's like some high energy spots in this house somewhere. It sounds weird, but there's a couple yes. little places. Yeah, where we when we hug, we just like. And we do that therapeutically. Yeah. That 15 second hug thing or whatever it is on the board. We take that seriously. We should try that calming. <laughs> yes. 15 second hugs. I uh, think that's it's good very hug. calm. It really does lower your blood pressure. Wow. Yeah, that's calm. I need that. <laughs> yeah. What? Lower your blood that. pressure. Yeah. <laughs> you don't see that. Doesn't he? So what, you know, what did you, um, I mean, we've had a long three days. I mean, it was a lot of information. How do you feel? Overwhelmed, but in a good way. I mean, I know how do you feel. It's like, oh, yeah, right. How do I feel? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Golly. It was a lot. It was a lot. It's it's very exciting. Um, and it's all headed in a good direction. And I love when I hear people say, you know, we're not going to let you fail. It's just we're, we've got you. We're not going to let you fail. And, I mean, I don't know how it could at this point. So, we're just, we're ready to go to work, like, for somebody to give us a job to do, you know, and, uh, <clears throat> not that we don't have anything to do, I'm just saying, we we're ready to start farming. Well, I know one thing, every day that I'm here, you know, y'all are up at the crack of dawn, and Rodney's out of here in the 20 degree below weather. <laughs> it's cold here. It is cold today. Ice and snow and everything drizzling out there, and there goes Rodney, you know, trucking up down to take care of them cows. Mm -hmm. Thank goodness. Yes. I mean, and to take care of them cows, you know, when you're not sending them to be, you know, processed. Not send them, and I use that word process because mm -hmm. it's what we use, you know, it's always about process, but really it's to be slaughtered, right? Mm -hmm. When you're not sending animals to the cell barn to be slaughtered, and now you get to go out there and actually look them in the eye, mm -hmm. you know, and people don't understand that you're, buying all this hay and all this feed and spending all this money on all these animals and you're not sending them to be processed. You're just feeding these animals. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, but doesn't yeah. it feel good? It does. It's, it's, it's new to me still. Um, 
So I'm still like moving through that, but I'm, I'm letting myself just feel what I'm feeling at the time. And some of it's pretty um, hard, you know, to, to process all of that. It's been somewhat troubling. Not, it's been very troubling at times to have to work through that, but to finally be to the point now where I can relate to them the way I've always wanted to. Because, you know, if you have a, a pig over there that you're raising to put in the freezer, you know, I don't, I never want, I never, you know, associated with that because I knew yeah. if I got attached to them, and I would. Or if you knew, I, if you happen to know the cow that, you know what I mean? So I stayed disassociated from it. They were just like, uh, they were objects, you know? You I just, know. Yeah. And, uh, I know it. and it wasn't until you, you saw it kind of flip first. Like you connected with the animals first and then mm -hmm. did it for that. And I, you know, got, I started being vegan because of my health and then I, and then it clicked and I started seeing them as individuals and, yeah, because you thought you could actually be a chicken farmer and be vegan. Right. I mean, that just took the cake for me. <laughs> I read that and I was like, what? No. Wow. I really, I really just was like, I guess that's the And I knew you meant it. Mm. I really knew. I really knew you meant it, you yeah. know. You know, it was just kind of like us before, before I went vegan. Uh, I was having all these ethical dilemmas, you know. We tried to... Do humane meat, humane dairy, humane this, humane that. I mean, I was going to kill one of our animals and, you know, slaughter it ourselves and, you know, go in with these people. And, you know, I was trying every which way in the world to rationalize and justify, you know, what we were doing to the best of my ability. And every which way I went, I just felt worse and worse and worse. Mm -hmm. I couldn't stand the way I was feeling about it all. I just, I would... I found myself thinking about it all of the time. It was like I couldn't stop thinking about the way I was feeling about milk, cheese, butter, animals, but I was still eating them. Yeah. But I was, and I was constantly thinking about milk, cheese, eggs, butter, chicken, you know, meat, you know, but I'm figuring out how I could eat those things and be okay, be humane. And I could never figure it out. You know, I couldn't figure it out. It just, it just wouldn't work, you know, so, um, I don't know how, I don't know how we get to where we, we finally get, but I finally got to a place where there was just, that was just it. There was no more. There was no more. You're just ready, you're ready. Like, I mean, and until then, you're not. <laughs> yeah, and I did, it did happen for me for the animals. It was for the animals yeah. first because they were right in my... I don't, you know, I always loved animals so much. And, you know, I didn't grow up a farmer. Mm -hmm. You know, I grew up city girl and married Tommy after he got the ranch. And so, you know, I began to love being on the farm. I loved it. I, I began to love it, love feeding the animals, love hanging out with the animals. And, you know, it was kind of like, wow, I've always wanted to do this, but I never lived on a farm. And so here I am with the opportunity to live on a farm, and now I'm dealing with all these ethical mm -hmm. issues. Because I had all this yoga practice, you know, studies, and yeah. ahimsa, which is nonviolence. And so all of these, you know, ethical yeah. um, quandaries started happening mm -hmm. for me. 
I still ate animals. Yeah. I couldn't, I, I couldn't not eat animals. I mean, it's what we ate, so we did. But I was feeling all this. And see, I think we're, um, Dr. Will Tuttle talks about it in his book. Have you, do you have that book? Mm -mm. I need to bring you that book. I have a bunch of them. Yeah. But it's the World Peace Diet, and he really talks about, you know, the relationship we have to animals and how we're taught to, I mean, it's so, it's so old. The, the teachings are so old. Our relationship to animals and food. Uh, and when we finally break free from that, it's like you're you're going home. You're leaving you're leaving leaving home, and go, and finding your own tribe. Mm. It's like you're leaving home. So it's time to leave home and find out who we really are. You know, and that's what happened to me. It was like when I finally broke free, it was as if I had to leave everything I knew behind everything I was taught that was true that was right it was it was close that door this is a new this is what it really is and that tradition that culture all of that that I've been taught it's just not true and see to bullet to finally see that you've been living a lot taught culture tradition taught that this is the way it is so that you can be bonded with all of these people that are your family, your friends. And then to break out of that, oh my God, you know, you're committing. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's... I know. You're disrupting everything. The tribe. The tribe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The tribe mentality. How are you dealing with that? It's, uh, it's hard. I mean, that's just a hard thing to deal with. But um, it doesn't change my mind at all. It's, you know... Yeah. I have to remember where I was a few years ago and know that everybody's on their own path and I think sometimes I may can be a little bit harsh with, you know, how I'm feeling about things and maybe um, it's, it's hard to be misunderstood, right? Yeah. And so sometimes you, like, understand me! <laughs> I know! <laughs> like, please just understand! <laughs> And, uh, but that doesn't work real well. And, but it's just, it's just part of it. And every, every, you know, buddy that I've met that's vegan, uh, they all have their own story and everybody has, everybody has that element to it of, you know, disrupting that tribal mentality and breaking traditions. And it, yeah. it's hard for people to, it's hard for people to change. It is. It is. My mother, you know, um, we've always been close, but my mother now, it's like when she comes over, there's always this tension. You know, we, yes. we you know, if I could just keep my big fat mouth shut, it might be all right. <laughs> but <laughs> oh, but I, I can't keep my mouth shut, you know, because inevitably she's going to say something that just makes me, you know, do a 180 with my brain, you know, like I'm going, yeah. Oh my, God, you know, so I end up saying something, and the next thing you know, we're having this fight, mm -hmm. this exchange. Yeah. Do you have to always talk about the animals? Mm -hmm. You used to eat them, mm -hmm. you know, and so, yeah. I'll shut up. Yeah, um, I don't know about that. <laughs>
know. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? I'm, you know, I'm better than I used to be, but it's, uh, but I ain't there. I, I don't think you're supposed to, Renee. I don't think you're supposed to keep your mouth shut. I'm probably not, you know. I think you're probably right, because, yeah. I don't, you know, I haven't been to my family Thanksgiving and uh, Christmas in a couple of years. Yeah, that was hard for me this year. That was a tough one. Did you go to I went mom? to my family Thanksgiving and I didn't I didn't expect it to affect me that way, but just that ham sitting there and the turkey and all that, it, it I felt the I felt the connection then, right? It wasn't just a it wasn't a ham. It was a dead it was dead animal flesh. It yes. was it was suffering. It was yeah. I know. And that's what it represented to me and it was it was upsetting. It is upsetting mm -hmm. and when I, when I realized, um, I guess the, my, my real moment in it was uh, we were at um, Tommy's, well, my, my niece and nephews for, for a holiday gathering. Everybody was there, like we always do. Everything's, you know, very, very nice, very mm -hmm. beautiful. Everything's nice, but everything's centered around the turkey. Mm -hmm. And this whole thing around the turkey, and just like it is, everywhere and the, the the hardest part for me was the prayer oh. the prayer and what I wanted to do after that prayer was I wanted to say a prayer yeah. for the animals and I didn't you know and I just swallowed it down and and I just I just wanted I just started getting real, real depressed you know and I couldn't hardly engage and, and then after it was all over you know, everybody's standing around the turkey that was left and taking all the meat off the bones, putting it in a bowl, and then what's left is this big bony carcass, and it just got put in the sink. And I, I, re I remember this, like, vividly. And I, uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't do it again. That was it for me. Yeah. You can feel that, huh? Oh, yeah. I know. Well, I, I think one of the one thing that happened that I learned, or or that really clicked for me, was that it's just this one meal for you that that comes and goes. You're you're done in ten minutes, and that was that animal's whole life, so that you could munch on it for a few minutes. And it, I remember, I would go to Walmart and go to get those little. Um, popcorn chicken things and I would eat those while I was shopping and then I would just check out when I checked out I would check out the empty carton and when I think about that now that I, just mindlessly eating the flesh of uh, chopped up animal part right? yeah and, animal and that it was a life you know and we're just mindlessly consuming it and it's hurting us yeah you know you know I, you know we have had turkeys at the sanctuary <laughs> And um, Cooper, Chichi, and Milana. You know, these are turkeys that they loved their lives so much. They were cuddly. You know, Cooper. You know, loved me. Loved to be held. He loved to get on you, and he'd get on my head. And Chichi and Milana just would come up and just, you know, just want to be hugged, especially Alana. Just wanted to be hugs. Just, just, just love me. And then, 
There they are. Mm -hmm. I mean, there those animals are. Just yeah. No, couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. I'm so glad I don't have to do that anymore. But you yeah. know, to to what you said, you know, I don't think you're supposed to, Renee. I don't think you're supposed <laughs> to be quiet. You know. I'm trying to. It's not out. time to be quiet. No, it's not. I don't have time to be quiet, Renee. <laughs> no, and I'm trying to figure out. Okay, so how can I go to my family's and not be quiet? Mm -hmm. And I was talking to my mother and my aunt Glenda about it because I'm like, you know, I want to be able to go mm -hmm. next year. And I said, if I do go, you know, you're going to have to deal. If you say something to me, you're going to have to deal with what comes out of my mouth. If you pray over that dead body, you're going to have to listen to my prayer. Mm -hmm. You know, I, it's going to be that way if I go to another family gathering. I'm not going to be quiet. Mm -hmm. I, I can't be. I cannot sit idly by while people munch on flesh, you know, and not, not educate the way I do, even if it pisses people off. Right. I don't want to piss people off. No, I don't either. But what do you do? What I don't understand is, why does it piss them off? <laughs> We're just being nice to animals and trying to be healthy. And I don't know why it pisses people off for us to do that. I, it's They're just, offended. But I don't understand I why. Know. <laughs> They're offended because we are nice to animals and don't want to eat them and they want to chew on them. I know. I, oh, it's well. just bizarre to me. <laughs> I, I remember it was upsetting to me when I first started... You know, when we were in the middle of it, before I'd awakened at all, and I would sometimes see, like, PETA videos or something and go, oh, you know, they have no idea. They don't know what they're talking about. Because I believed um, that it was, you know, this is the way God made it, right? That he put the animals here for us to mm, eat. Yeah. And if you're going to feed the planet, you have to, you know, intensively raise these chickens and cows and pigs if you're going to feed Seven point, however many people are on the planet right now, a billion people. Yeah, and so I would, you know, I would look at those videos and say, oh, they just, you know, went and got the worst of the worst situation and put it all together and made it look like it's this horrible thing. Mm -hmm. But the truth of the matter is that I never went to a slaughterhouse. I never, so I can't say what goes on in there. Um, I can definitely tell you what went on in the chicken house, and that wasn't fun for us. Certainly wasn't fun for the chickens. Certainly wasn't uh, any kind of you know financial gain for us. Uh, was it, we weren't doing it for the money. We were doing it because we love this farm, and the e the economy around here. If you're if you're going to make a living, you're either going to work. You're either going to have chickens, cows, both. Um, it's it's very limited. You know, and I just thought we were doing this, you know, good thing by providing food. And, and you know, even if you do struggle, that's the farmer's struggle, and that's just the way it is. And we were willing to do that, you know, to sacrifice our, um, not, it wasn't a sacrifice. I don't want to sound like we were, it was hard, but you, you just put all of your time and you take, like, literally, all of your time. Yeah, literally. <laughs> and uh, really more time than you have. Uh, like, more than 24 hours in a day goes into it. Yeah. Um, and I forgot what was... Where well, I was no, going. you were talking about, you know, you were talking about, you know, God said it was okay to eat animals. And, you know, and you went down that path because... Right. It's, uh, it, you know, it, it is about 
you know, um, you know, I think we are raised to believe that we're doing right by God, that God's looking down over us and, you know, this is condoning us, you know, condoning the right to eat animals. And, but you know what I do know today is that uh, God, does, God, the God that I serve and believe in, does not condone what we have done to animals. No way. No. There is no way no. at all. Factory farming, uh, industrialized farming, animal farming, everything we've done to animals, uh, there's no way. And I don't think it would have ever been condoned at all had, you know, uh, man not just been so, you know. I mean, I think God just kept forgiving man and letting, letting him go because... You know, we're so, we're not, you know, humans are the worst species on the planet, honestly. I mean. Parasites. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so we got to. But we're not. We're good. We're I, good I believe people. we're just, you know. We're I, capable of great good. Yeah. I can't remember who this is that I'm going to quote. And I don't know that I'm going to get the quote right. But it was something like, if Jesus is the face of God, then it is a benevolent universe. And if we're going to be benevolent. That is not fencing in cattle and, you know, closing, you know, 22,000 chickens into one barn. and Confining pigs and casting these crates. You yeah. Know, they cannot even move. Or taking babies away from their mothers. That's not of... No. no. That is not no. ordained by God. That no. is bullshit. It's, yeah. You know, it's just... <clears throat> yeah, it just is. There's there's nothing there's nothing godly about it. Yeah. You know, and I think about Jesus, you know, the story of Jesus. He was born in a manger, surrounded by farm animals. Mm -hmm. That story. I mean, could you imagine Jesus being born in a manger surrounded by farm animals that were about to get slaughtered? I, I mean to me the analogy of that is so innocent. Jesus, the child and these farm animals, I mean, they're like together. Mm -hmm. One is just as important as the other. We're all the same. And somehow we have deified the slaughter of the innocent. We have made the slaughter of the most innocent animals okay. Mm -hmm. It's really stunning when you think about it. To the level it's gotten, you know, to the height and the expanse that it's gotten. It's crazy. And we just teach it over and over. Yeah. Perpetuate it over and over. That's been very hard for me, too, is to, you know, these little lights keep coming on. Veils keep falling and you keep getting, you know, finding more and more truth. And I think just recently I, I started to realize how I had, um, uh, I guess, desensitized my my own children. Yeah. Um, but I thought I was doing them this favor. I remember they moved here. We moved here and they were little. They, Kyle was in kindergarten. And I remember thinking that what a service I was providing for them, for them to be able to see how their animals were raised and to understand that, that it's hard and that, you know, you can't get attached to them because, you know, at the end, you know, they're, they're here for us to eat. And, yeah, wow. And the sentimentality that you have, that's all sweet and, uh, you know, but the truth of the matter is, is that they're here for us for food and, uh, yeah. This story. Yeah. This story that we tell over and over. 
I still I have this memory of Kyle. He raised he raised goats a couple of years. One year we went to the state fair uh, with one of his goats, and it was just me and Kyle. Taylor raised goats too, but um, one year it was just me and Kyle at the state fair with one of his goats. Oh, it was two of his goats, and. After the show is over, after you you know show your goat and you get your ribbon or not, um, they have a truck set up, and you can go. The, your goat's already weighed, so you hand them your slip that says how much the goat's weighed, and they write you a check, and they load the goat up on the truck. So Kyle just you know, I mean you've met him, he's an amazing kid. Um, walked his goat over there and got his check, and. The guy took the goat's collar off and handed it to Kyle, and oh, he—he he was heartbroken. I am. It breaks my heart. I get so many calls from kids like that. Got one I'm dealing with right now. It's just that to me is the most heartbreaking of all. Is that our schools te teach these kids to care for these animals and then send them to the slaughter truck. <laughs> That to me is the worst thing ever, and we just perpetuate that, you know? You know, we build all these bonds around violence with our kids, with our family. It's like, you know, let's just bond over violence. And mm -hmm. I know you have feelings for these animals, but go kill them! Yeah. Yeah. I know. And I was so proud of him for doing that and for sucking it up. And you know what I mean? I felt. Oh like, yeah. You know what a bit. What a what a good kid. You know to be able to do that. What a brave yeah, guy. So brave. So manly. And now that he has a son who loves cows, he, you know. And I'm like, oh, I yeah. would I would never steal that godlike innocence from him to that's take what that. We do. Yeah. And that's what we do. Yeah. And, you know, it was it was taken from me, and I don't think it was, you know, it's not intentional. You don't... I know it's not. It's just yeah. taught. It's, right. it's, it's, it's the same story. We taught yeah. over and over, and yeah. when you get out of that story, it's you realize you're in a nightmare. Yes. You know? Yeah. When you finally see it for what it is, it's a, it is. It's a nightmare. Like, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> like, yes, seriously. Exactly. Thank you. Oh. I'm so glad we have that we did this. Me too. Are you okay? Yeah. Okay. No, thank you for yeah. for that, you know? People need to hear that. This is the kind of thing that's why we have our you know, we have the ranchers advocacy program, obviously. Here we are. But we have the families choosing compassion. I mean, Families need to start choosing compassion instead of violence as a way to bond with their children. I mean, families, wake up. It's time to choose compassion. Bond with your families around compassion, not violence. You know, why would you want to tell your kids that you're so good, man? Yeah. Boom. Yeah. You know, yes. You're bringing home the bacon. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty bad. Yeah. Well, you remember Carol Yes. I'm so glad we had this time together. <laughs> oh. Just to, uh, what do you call it? 
Oh, I sing know. a song or share a tune, something. Seems <laughs> we just get started, and before you know it, comes a time we have to say, <sighs> "I'm gonna, I'm gonna just say this. I will never, ever, ever say goodbye to you. I will never say goodbye to you, no matter where I'm at. You're in my heart." You are in my heart. I love you. I love you too. Thank you. Thank you so much for everything, really. Thank just for being here. Just for sitting on my couch and loving Ivy and <laughs> being in my house and loving my soup. And <laughs> I love your soup. I love your soup. Uh, just, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Toot, toot. Too rowdy begins. 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 Two, two rowdy begins. One plus one equals two rowdy begins. All right, so thank you so much for listening to this episode. We really appreciate it. Again, episodes come out every Friday, available on Spotify and iTunes. So we hope you're enjoying these podcasts and seeing the behind the scenes of the Rancher Advocacy Program and how change is happening in our community. In any case, we'll talk to you real soon next Friday. Take care.